I'm Adam, and this is the Year 9 AM podcast. At work, our different experiences, perspectives, and backgrounds collide, and it's not always obvious how the small and large decisions we make affect other people. I created Year 9 AM to make it easy for people to start conversations that create change where they work. If you haven't subscribed to the newsletter yet, sign up at year9am.com. In this podcast episode, Anna and I discuss the latest newsletter story. So let's get down to business. Here's a story. I regularly rate the calls of my subordinates. Last year, my supervisor wanted me to rate the calls of my peers as well and report to him without their knowledge. He said he was looking to trim the fat and lay off coworkers and wanted an idea of how well they were all doing. I asked him if someone else could do it, and he said, because of my excellent track record, I was the best person for the job. I was reluctant, but rated all of my coworkers. A month later, my coworkers were laid off. So, Anna, here's what I want to ask you to get the conversation started. Let's say I walk into the room, and I'm your boss, and I say... Hey, look, I need you to lay off uh, 10 people on your team. What's going on in your head? I think the the first question is like, okay, well, what do I do now? Yeah, well, what do you do now? I think you have to take a look at the performance on your team and see, you know, I think first I get clarity about like what exactly, (laughs) what exactly the, like the layoff parameters are, you know? like how many people, like what the situation is going to be, um, and then kind of get clarity around what the next steps are. So I, I'm, I'm just curious because I've gone through this yeah. twice. Yeah, I uh, want to hear your perspective and I've survived. I haven't. No, but see, I, th- I think that the interesting perspective isn't necessarily the people that have gone through it. I yeah. think it's the people that have never gone <laughs> through it. Um, and, and it maybe not, it might not be top of mind for them. Um, and I think that that creates a more interesting scenario um, just because I, I think, you know, going through it twice, you have that sort of hindsight where it's like, oh, well, I should have done that a right, little bit differently right. or, yeah. but that's why I'm really curious when I'm your boss and I walk in and I tell you that, I mean, are, are you really just automatically going to this? Okay. Well, what's the situation? What do I need to do? Or are you kind of going into, I mean, You're tell me, me what's, personally. yeah. Tell me yeah. what's going on in your head. I mean, I feel, I think the first thing is like, oh God, like one, am I safe? I think it's probably like... So that's the the first thing you think about. Well, okay. No, I think that's like one of the things that I'm coming up with. It's like, okay, am I safe? Like what's going on with the, like with the company? Like what's going on? Like bigger picture. But I think like I, um, I care, I care deeply for my team and their success and well-being. And so I think I, all like even just talking about this, like I, I feel this like, sense of responsibility toward them kind of to like make sure that they're okay and taken care of. Like that's what I think that's probably like the first thing is like, Oh God, okay. How am I going to do this? Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting that you, you initially said that, well, yeah. Your like, first reaction is, oh man, <laughs> you gotta kind pick of, your what about on me? First, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I think there's like some shame around saying stuff like that. And, and I think it's relevant because 
if you're if you're not safe, then how can you possibly protect your team? I, I mean, and and the problem is you'll never really know. Your right. boss could tell you to lay off your team. And then lay you off. And then you could get laid off. <laughs> yeah. And your boss could get laid off. I mean, it, you know. Yeah. It, it's a very, it's a shaky situation. Yeah. But I think that's where I go back to like, my number, so after, you know, that initial, like, oh, God, what's going on? Like, who who is safe is maybe a better way to put that. And, like, what, what does safe even mean? Like, I, I think that there's an argument to be made here that nobody's ever really safe, like, yeah. at any company ever, even when you are doing well. But that's a different conversation. Um, I think, you know, making sure that, like, you you create an environment that that does feel at least well thought through, if not stable. Cause I think like creating a stable environment is maybe too much to ask in like this scenario of layoffs, Yeah. but at least so that you have some sort of like clear communication. And my, my goal is always like, if I'm caught off guard or I'm confused by information that I'm getting, I want to turn that around to, to my team so that they don't feel that way so that I can gather as much information as possible so that I can then like, at least if I don't have the information, I can be upfront with them about it. Mm-hmm. That's always my goal. You can ask my team whether I'm, you know, whether that's successful, but <laughs> that's always what I try to do. Uh, so I, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think that this is definitely a, it's a, an interesting thing to think about when you're not in that situation. Honest question. Are you thinking, how am I going to keep the rest of my team together? Or are you thinking, how am I going to let three people go? I think my first reaction is probably, how am I going to let three people go? And then secondary it's okay and then what about the you know how do you make the rest of your team feel okay yeah Mm -hmm. and part of that is definitely selfish i think you know i'm the one who is now tasked with having to this is really hard news to give somebody it's life-changing and so that's a selfish thing where it's like okay how am i going to do this and then and then it's sort of now looking to the rest of the team so so yeah i think that's uh it's a good question. What is your what, what what was your first response when you were in this? Situation? Oh, you're putting it on me. Well, here well, here's what I'll say to about what you just said though. I think it's interesting because what you really said, you just focused on the how. You just said, okay, well, you know, it's important why we're doing this and what I'm going to do about it, which is obviously cut three people from the team. Mm-hmm. But how I do it potentially matters more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, in this particular case, the, the boss is saying, oh, you know, we're going to trim the fat and that, you know, it gives the responsibility to someone on, you know, uh, the team to yeah. do that. It also dehumanizes. It's like, you're yeah. looking at, you're not looking at people as people. Like these are people that have strengths and these are people that are worthy people, regardless of whether they're, you know, underperforming or whatever. And also I've got a lot of questions about this boss. He seems terrible, but that's a, <laughs> that's a different thing. Entirely. Yeah. Uh, so I think like making it human and realizing again, this is a life changing scenario for everybody involved, but especially for the people being laid off. So it's, you know, how do you, how do you approach that in a way that is salvageable in a, you know, in some, some form or another, and that doesn't totally damage my relationship with these people Um, and also like these people's sense of worth too. Cause I think a lot of people get this now we're going someplace entirely different, but like this is sort of where I'm coming from when I think about the how is like people get really wrapped up in their identity and like the work that they do. And then when you are, when you're laid off from a job that that can create such a, 
such a crisis for people. And so I think that in, in my, one of my responsibilities to my team is to make sure that, you know, I take care of them throughout their entire experience with the company. And that also includes letting them go. Yeah. And related to what you said, I think a part of sort of that identity crisis that happens is that it's, it's not only affecting the people you let go, but also the people that you keep. If, mm-hmm. if you're just trimming the fat and, you know, these people are doing these jobs and they're disposable. <laughs> yeah, it's not a great term. And to be honest, I think using that phrase is part of the problem for this Absolutely. boss in the first place. Because yeah. um, if you're just trimming the fat, you're focused on, you know, you're making a more lean, efficient machine by getting rid of things. But really, so that's a one-time thing. And then really, when you think about layoffs... It's this event that happens, but that has impact that lasts months to years mm-hmm. and, and potentially has more business impact later on than in that particular moment where it actually happens. Mm-hmm. Just because of the fact that, you know, you might have a decrease in productivity and, mm-hmm. you know, turnover might increase following a layoff, depending on how the way you handle it and how the way your company handles it. Because it's one thing for, you know, you to, let's say... There's the company needs you to lay off three people on your team, but what is what are the other managers and leaders of the team doing? Are they doing it in a in the right way, right. a way that's respectful and that allows the company to keep its culture, or are they trimming the fat? Right. Um, so trimming the fat is definitely an Let's interesting phrase. Forever. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come up again a little bit more in this conversation. Sure. But so you had questions for me. Mm-hmm. So the question I wanted to ask you is, one, how did you respond when you were actually tasked with laying off your team uh, or people from your team? And then secondly, to follow up, what would you do differently? My thought process was I brought these people to this company. I, you know, I had the opportunity to build a team from scratch. I didn't, I didn't inherit any people and I felt invested in them um, and I, I was just, I was it it was debilitating to me to to recognize that i i could no longer you know support the people that were on my team in the way that i wanted to do it and you know one of the things that i sort of realized at least the first actually both times around was that i wasn't prepared to do this type of thing and um you know, I remember going to my HR team and saying, Hey, look, uh, this is pretty, this is, this is a, you know, I, I realize this is business as normal, but I want to make sure that I'm going about this in the right way. Mm -hmm. Um, do you guys have any advice for me? Is there, what should I say? What should I not say? And so I really tried to, to get some outside counsel to make sure that, um, I could do this in the most, appropriate way and, and obviously I'm representing the company and uh, myself at the same time and I had I had to try to figure out how to how to combine the two and, and so I I went and looked for advice to be honest and did you get the advice you were looking for um yeah in many ways I did I I at least was prepped with what I should not do and a way to go about what I should do from the company's perspective. Mm-hmm. I think from my own perspective, perspective that lot left a lot more to be desired. Um, but 
I, I at least felt like I could go about this in a legally compliant way that wouldn't put the company in any hot water. Um, okay. And that, you know, at least was sort of a battle-tested way to deliver, you know, news to someone on my team and in and, and a somewhat supportive way. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a very uncomfortable experience for me. Okay, so let's talk about the boss. And the sort of flip perspective here, the, the, the person that told the story, what was so wrong with what the boss did? Mm. Your boss it should be evaluating that performance. Like that is your job as a leader is to have an understanding of how well your team is doing and, and know, you know, like what, what those metrics are that you should be measuring and also by having those conversations all along the way like if you're so out of touch that you have to ask somebody in your team to tell you how your team is doing I think that's a huge problem one and two it puts that other person in a really really awkward situation where they now have this information that they're essentially like helping their boss lay off people but they're technically also on the chopping block if you're gonna use the trim the fat metaphor um so like that I mean in so many ways, it's just incredibly unfair to this teammate who was tasked with this. There's no possible way for someone that is in a position where they're included in a group to give an un that that's included for layoffs to give an unbiased right. assessment of their peers. Right. Uh, you know, and then I I think that just to back up when you're sort of deciding who to lay off. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't make any decisions based on sort of non-business factors, right? Like you can't play favorites or yeah, you like can't make any baby. racial or yeah. sort of um, discriminatory decisions. Yeah. In general, you have to make impartial, unbiased decisions. Mm -hmm. And there's no way for someone in a group like that to do something like that. Yeah. And I think going back to what you were talking about in terms of taking care of your team and thinking about continuity after the layoffs, I think that this sets up a really unbalanced team because it reminds me of authoritarian governments where you have the secret police and you don't really know who is reporting on you. For instance, uh, is your neighbor telling the government that you know you had some contraband in your apartment or whatever? So they sets up this um, this constantly like looking over your shoulder uh, mentality and culture on your team. Yeah. So and that's one thing that thought, that I thought of right away too with the story where it's like ooh like once this is over, who knows how that's going how what the ramifications are going to be going forward. Yeah, no one could possibly be comfortable. No, and the person who was asked to report on their peers, even though the boss said that nobody else was doing this, you don't know that that is true. Mm. And so that person is also now going to be in this weird, unsettled position because they never know if in the future their boss is going to be asking one of their peers to report back on them without yeah. their knowledge. So that's what I mean by the secret police analogy, where it's like you're now, now you're in a scenario where you don't know who to trust and I think one of the things that's so important in any team, but especially a team that is in a uh, in a, a transitional period like this, is that sense of trust. Let's say the, the situation did not involve layoffs. And you were just basically asking your team. And you basically went to one team member, not the whole team, and you said, hey, how do you think everyone else is doing? Yeah. Is that okay? Uh, I don't know. That's really sticky. 
I think I don't think that it's not okay, if that makes sense. But I think it's really awkward. Yeah. I've definitely been put in this position a couple of times where and I, I think that in but, in retrospect I would have handled it differently. But as even like if an you're IC. even if you're rating someone's work output, not rating someone as a person. Mm-hmm. But you I I think that it's weird to rate your peers' work output. That's weird. But doesn't that kind of happen when you do like 360s or... But you're not rating their work output. You kind of are though, aren't you? It depends, I guess. I, yeah. I Interesting. You're sort of, I mean, like it, it really depends on like what the scenario is. I think you're going a little too hypothetical for me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, well, it's an interesting question to me because I could see... Imagine that you are a manager of a really technical team mm-hmm. and you're not... You're not necessarily the expert uh, in in the sort of technical disciplines that every you know. Say you're right. I get it. Say but I think the and way everyone that you has like it, a PhD below sure, you, but the right? The way that you do it, and maybe you just have a masters. Um, the way that you do or it, nothing. Is maybe you. I was joking. <laughs> but instead of saying like rank your peers, why don't you say like what would tell me what criteria would be for like success, and then you as a manager now have a better understanding of okay, like this is what a rock star looks like. This is what a middle of the road person looks like. Here's what, you know, somebody maybe who's underperforming looks like. And that is a different way than saying, can you rank these 10 people for me? So you you make it, you distill it a little bit more into behaviors versus like a person. Well, to me, it's just a missed opportunity. Um, If you're asking one person to sign a, you know, kind of behind closed doors, rate the output of their peers you know then the peers aren't getting anything in you know the the peers aren't benefiting from that exercise and so if you could make that some sort of team exercise that happens on like a weekly monthly basis I think you have something a lot more valuable I agree you well and one example would be and I know because I know in technical teams you do um like reviews of work like code reviews things like that on like a customer facing team we yeah. do things like film reviews and you're able to actually like see you know how how a, a one of your peers is doing on their calls or on their demos and this could yeah. be a really good call or it could be a call or a demo that needs improvement and so everybody gets to take part in that yeah well that, it's interesting that you bring that up though because see i would also i would argue that we don't have the right tools to properly do something like this because mm-hmm. in the case of you know reviewing calls or in the case of um doing a code review you have access to what everyone else is saying, uh, but I think there's value in actually, on your own, trying to score another person's work to see and then compare that to your peers so that you understand exactly what you picked up on and what you didn't pick up on, um, and, and, you know, so that you can see how your own sort of assessment of uh, the things that matter um, actually uh, sort of manifests uh, mm-hmm. on the team. You might have a completely different understanding of what's important than someone else that maybe is a little bit better at doing the work than you. And so you might be missing things. But if you're able to see, oh, I missed all the, you know, I went through this person's work, uh, Anna did too, and Anna caught five more things than I did, uh, and we looked at the same person's work, then uh, I, I have more work to do. I'm missing something. Right. 
And by learning those things, you can actually sort of take that information and incorporate it in your own world. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a way for everybody to learn together. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a way to do this in a way that's productive and that doesn't pit people against each other. Because I think that's, at the end of the day, I think we're both saying the same thing. That like, regardless of whether it's in a layoff scenario or, or whatever it is, I think that... Um, finding a way to build trust on teams and make sure that your team is like feels safe and like they are uh, collaborative versus um, against each other is go you're going to end up with like a way better performing team period you know and I think people will grow in their own professional lives as well yeah well that sounds like a, a good note to end on thanks Anna sure talk to you in a minute. <laughs> <laughs>